All right, how you guys doing this morning? You ready for God's word? All right. Well, I, I want to talk to those of you this morning who might have lost a little bit of spiritual passion somewhere along the way. In fact, I'm guessing with the complications of this season, well, any, really any season of life, there may be some of you that at one point in your life, you found yourself really, really, really close to God. And, and you would sense his voice leading you where you're at and you could feel his presence with you. And you would, when you would read his word, it was like God was speaking directly to you. But somewhere, somehow, along the way, maybe you've come to a place where you feel like you've lost some of your spiritual passion. You've lost some of your enthusiasm. Maybe you lost a little bit of spiritual intimacy somewhere along the way. And so if you find yourself a little bit less enthusiastic about the things of God, this message is for you today. Or maybe you've never had that passion or you need to recharge, that's for us this morning as well. So I wanna start by saying that I understand the struggle. I'll, I'll give you a little piece of my story. Unlike, unlike some of you, I didn't really have a, a wild streak in college or anything like that. I mean, I, I, went, to, I went to Bible college straight out of high school. Now, some of you, I, I understand your story is a little bit different. Um, you know, when, when you were in college, you were doing uh, what some of us like to call, you know, building your testimony, right? You were, you were building your testimony, if you get my drift. You got a wild story to share about um, some of the decisions that you made in the past. And so I, I grew up, I grew up in Falkton, South Dakota. Anybody ever been to Falkton, South Dakota? Anybody familiar? Anybody this morning? First service only? Okay, we've got a couple that have been, hey, <laughs> dad's in the house. So we've got some familiar there. And, um, and so I, I grew up, I remember the pastor coming to our house in Falkton, South Dakota. Falkton, South Dakota, what's the population in Falkton, South Dakota? 13, 1400 maybe? Maybe a little more? I don't know. It's a small town. And so, uh, you know, the, the, I, I remember the pastor coming over to my house. I remember the, the, the keyboard player getting set up and, and we'd just have worship service. We'd have church in the living room. And that's, that's, that's how I grew up. I, I grew up from the very first that I can remember having church even right there in my home. Um, my, my parents were 100% always serving and, and leading you know, with, uh, in the church communities that we were a part of. So I grew up in church and, and I, I loved, um, you know, growing up in the church for the most part. I, re I remember a few years somewhere in junior high where I kind of got a stinky attitude like tends to happen where it kind of felt like a little bit of a drag. And I, I remember, you know, mom and dad having to pull me to church for a little bit. But as I've told this story many times now, it was towards the end of those years where God really lit a fire in me. And I was, I was a relatively passionate young man. I was, I was writing um, Jesus music when I was a teenager. Um, performing and writing all sorts of songs about Jesus. I did concerts and events all over the little towns here and there, mostly in South Dakota. You know, so I, as we're driving through, you know, the town, I'd, I'd, I'd tell the kids, you know, your dad was big in Highmore, South Dakota. You know, <laughs> we, we packed that little church. And, and so um, I, I grew up doing that. At, at the time, I was also pretty bold in my, my clothing choices. I, was, I would say I was anything but uh, normal as, as far as that. I, I was preferred to wear some loud clothing and hairstyles, changing my hairstyle frequently. I had, I had a clipper, uh, you know, one of those clippers that I would just buzz my hair into different um, shapes. And, and I mean, I, there was a few times I came to school and I think Deanna actually cried <laughs> when she saw me. <laughs> but people who knew me at all 
pretty much knew that I loved Jesus. I, I sang about him and the songs that I wrote. And there was actually a few jazz concerts at T.F. Riggs High School um, where the jazz band, the, the, the band conductor um, invited, invited me um, under my stage name. We, I went by Shawn Michael, my middle name, because nobody could ever pronounce shop correctly. And to, to play some of my songs at a high school jazz band concert. And so I look back at that now and I think, man, that's pretty cool. When I, when I, think, about, when I think about it, it was, it was this very, I was a very passion driven young man, but I just want to show you, um, oh, I, 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 I keep on bringing this up. I forgot to bring, I was going to bring a vest this morning and I wanted, I wanted to show you some of the, uh, the fashion uh, pieces that I, I had I'd, I'd made of my own. I, I mean, I painted and wrote Jesus all over the jacket and, and song names and, and I forgot to bring it this morning. So we'll have to uh, see that some other time. But I wouldn't, here's the thing. I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say that I was ever gifted to be an evangelist. Um, now I can, I can walk in the gifting of an evangelist because Holy Spirit you know, gives us gifts in certain times and equips us for those things. But I never walked in, in the calling. Uh, that's not my life calling to be an evangelist. Um, but I have, again, for the most part, unswervingly, I've, I've loved Jesus for most of my life and served Jesus from a pretty young age. And I've in general been pretty passionate about my faith. Um, and do you, do you know what? I, th- I, think, I think part of that passionate high came from, from growing up in the family that I did. I owe a lot to mom and dad and their faith. And, you know, I mean, church was just always part of what we did and not just church, but just, you know, they were passionate about their relationship with Jesus. And so I think that had a big part of it. And then the other part, partly I think it comes from serving in Next Gen Ministry for so long. I mean, as an adult now, you know, for, for almost two decades, I've been doing camps and youth events and, and youth group stuff, right, Donnie? I mean, it, it just fills you with something. And how many, how many of you know that if the, the younger generation catches a fire, it lights the whole church on fire, right? And so um, for, for, for anybody to go and experience camps and youth group events and those things, you know, over a time, it's been just, it's been just a season over and over again um, to, to just be filled up and, and just be energized and to see a, a generation catch on fire. And so, I mean, for most of my life, I can honestly say that for me, it's been, you know, full of kind of this spiritual enthusiasm. God has been inspiring and filling me with passion for, for many, many years. And for me, eventually, for me, and this is my story, it's not everybody's story, but for me and my story, it translated into calling into full-time ministry. And God took me to my knees at the end of my second semester in Bible college in Dallas, Texas, and I knew I was called into pastoral ministry. And so after graduating, from Bible college after doing the, the whole four years that, uh, down in Dallas at Christ Foundations Institute. Um, and, and after I was in, in a, a few years into youth ministry at our home church in Pierce, South Dakota, somehow the enthusiasm and passion for my God had waned. Yeah, a pastor that was leading a ministry and I had lost my passion for Jesus and others. Imagine that. And, and so I noticed that in myself and it began to trouble me and I was going through the motions and my relationship with Jesus had kind of become stale, I was noticing. And one night I was driving back from an, from an out-of-town ministry training and I was asking God to kind of reignite that flame in me. God had been speaking so much to me through the conference and through the training event. I came back and I was, I was feeling this conviction and I was just praying this prayer. I, I, want, I want 
what I once had, I want to get it back. I, 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 want to, I want to have that flame inside of me again. I was tired. I was maybe worn out a little bit. Uh, I was maybe disappointed in my ministry effectiveness, maybe feeling a, a little defeated and deflated from circumstances. That self-talk that we've been talking about that I'd allowed um, to, 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 to talk to myself in my head. And, it, you know, and, and this was basically a moment, we were talking about this last week, if you were here, where David cried out and said, why so downcast, O my soul? You know that God is good. You know that he's, he's, he's full of life and his purpose for me is good. So why so downcast? And that, that was this kind of a moment for me. And, and so Holy Spirit, just ignited something in me that night. Um, I, I asked God to do what only he, he could do and go figure, he did it, you know, he did it. And, and before it started before I even got home that night, I was driving home. I don't know if you guys have ever experienced this. You know, have you ever been moved when you're just coming back into your hometown and you just see the city lights and you just kind of get God's heart for the city? That's what happened to me, maybe for the first time in a way that was so deep and so real. And it was so real and so deep that I remember uh, having to pull off to the side of the road because the, the tears were coming down. So, um, you know, it was, like a, it was like a flood that was coming out of my eyes. And um, that has happened. That happened and that, that moment um, right there was an answered prayer coming back. Now, you know, God answered that prayer very quickly and um, there, was, there wasn't just a, like a quick turnaround, but that was the beginning of a, a turnaround to reignite a passion in me. And, and so I, I looked over those city lights and, you know, it's just like my heart broke for the students in, in, the youth, in my youth ministry um, and really for the town and the city. And, and it, it was why, it was, the, it was the starting point for me to learn how to remind myself that I need to look around and in my neighborhood, when I'm in my neighborhood, I need to ask God to open my eyes to see things the way that he sees them sometimes when I'm doing my, my walk around the neighborhood. And so there was a training we went to before uh, we went to Katrina with the youth group and some of you guys before we went down there. Uh, Deanna and I went to Dallas, or no, no Denver, and um, we were in the roughest part of Denver that I've ever been in. I lived in Denver for a few years. And I remember Deanna and I driving into this. This is before we lived in Denver. And, and we went down there and we went there for, for this training. And like all the houses in this neighborhood, it seemed like they had bullet holes or boarded up windows as we were pulling into the neighborhood. And, you know, so I started immediately, the, you know, I'm getting spiritual, I'm starting to pray, right? <laughs> and we pull up to the place where we're doing the training and it's just this empty, like every single window was boarded up. Every, uh, every room had bullet holes in it. And I'm thinking, wow, this is, this is interesting. This is, you know, maybe good. I don't know, <laughs> I didn't know what to think. And I remember sitting through the training. We had some classroom training in, in one of the rooms, but they said, we're taking you here because we're, we're about to go, you know, kind of into the, the we, don't, we don't know what we're gonna expect at Katrina. I mean, the, the flood had just hit, the, the, the city was in a wreck and ruins. Um, we were staying in a circus tent um, and we, I mean, there was stuff that was happening all night long. You could hear it, right? We didn't know what was going on. There was stuff that was happening. And that, that city was just kind of in chaos at the time. And so they wanted us to be able to practice. What we did is we left that safe house, I guess we'll call it. And he said, we're gonna, we're gonna prayer walk. We're gonna walk around this neighborhood and we're just gonna um, ask God to reveal to us um, his heart for the people in this neighborhood. And so I, same thing that happened as I was pulling over that hill and saw the city lights, my heart just broke. And so we started walking and I can remember just seeing things like a, a broken, you know, alcohol bottle in the street. And I just 
rip me apart. As, as God was just kind of revealing the full story behind that and somebody that was torn apart by alcohol, alcoholism and some kind of addiction. I remember walking by uh, a couple that was arguing on the front porch and it just broke my heart. And I was like, what is going on? And I realized it was God's heart for these people in my neighborhood. And I started learning from those moments that there's something about the heart of God that I need in my life or I'm gonna lose my passion. I'm gonna lose it. It's not in, it's not in my, you know, self-confidence. It's, it's a God confidence that rises up in us, right? We've been talking about that. It's not in anything that I do, but it's, I need to see things th- th- through his eyes. And so on that hill that night, my eyes were getting so water and I was getting so emotional. I pulled the car over to the side of the road. And as I did that, I saw the sight in front of me that prompted me to break down even more. And have, have you ever had God just open up your heart like that? And I, I pray for moments like that now and just to feel his passion. I really believe that really what that is this is the way my youth pastor described it to me, is that you know when we get so consumed with the love of God and he fills us up with his overwhelming love is that it overflows into a love for the people around us. That's, 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 his, that's the gospel in a nutshell right there. We fall so in love with who he is and he fills us up so much, his love spills out, out of us into everybody around us. And that's what I believe was happening there. So he, he just, it's like he just gives you a glimpse of what he feels for the people. I pray that for my neighborhood. When I walk in my neighborhood, I hope we pray that for our city when we're in our city. And so I've experienced that several times in my life now. I ask God for that, but that was a defining moment, maybe the first time where God kind of just opened up the heavens before me and just let me experience just a taste of what I felt for what he felt for my city. So, you know, it was dark, the sun had set and the sight before me was all the lights of the city and it just, my heart began exploding and, and, and I mean, I bawled like a baby. So I don't know all that to say, I don't know how it happened, but somewhere along the way, I had lost significant spiritual enthusiasm. And so, and God used that moment and now several moments in my life to bring me back to the fullness of him. How many of you would agree, I don't wanna walk around being empty or broken or I, I, wanna, I wanna live and move in, 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 in the fullness of what he has for me. And so I, I, I don't wanna be spent or dry. I wanna walk in his fullness of all that he has for me. And so if you've lost some of your passion for the one who saved you, this message is for you. We're gonna call it, get your passion back. And I'd love to pray today, but first here we're gonna do, um, if you would, please stand if you're able as we open up with our key text this morning. And we'll read it together. You'll find it in 1 Corinthians. It'll be up on the screen. Or if you're watching online, you'll see it there as well. Let's read it together this morning on three. One, two, three. So my dear brothers and sisters, be strong and immovable. Always work enthusiastically for the Lord. For you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. Father God, thank you for your word this morning. My prayer this morning is that you would just fill us up to overflowing. In your name we pray, amen. Amen, you can be seated. So we're in, we're in this series called Positive with the tagline, all things work together for good. And it's, and it's a great time to stay positive, isn't it? When there's so much negativity, so much bad news. Um, so as followers of Jesus, we're called to be people of faith. And so today I wanna talk to you about enthusiasm. Have you ever noticed that there are two different types of people in the world? The first, 
There are those who let circumstances influence their enthusiasm. And the second, there are those who use their enthusiasm to influence their circumstances. And so there's two types of people, say it a little bit different way. There are those who let what's, what's going on around them determine their mood, determine their posture and, and everything about their perspective. Or there's those who let what's going on inside of them influence the climate around them. Now, this theme might be one of my favorites yet from this series, and I want to talk to you about enthusiasm today. It comes from two words. Enthusiasm comes from, in the original language, en and theos. En means in, and if you've ever, you know, heard about theologies, uh, you know, in our language, it's the study of God and who he is. Theos means God. The word enthusiasm, it literally means this, in God to be filled with God, in God or to be filled with God. Isn't that good? To be enthusiastic. So true spiritual enthusiasm isn't something that you work up. It's not. It's not a product of your environment. It's a posture of your heart and your time with God. It's born in the presence of God by the power of God. Isn't that good? It's not something that we have to try to stir up. In fact, I love what the apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, verses 57 and 58. But thank God, somebody say, thank God. Thank God that he gives us victory over sin and death. I'm going to say it again because I kind of feel like there's some people a little bit more enthusiastic about that this morning. Thank God, my dear brothers and sisters. Thank God he gives us victory over sin and death. Come on, let me hear you. Yes. Okay, thank you. (laughs) Because of what our God has given us, he said, my dear brothers and sisters, be strong and immovable. Always work. And I love this. He says, whatever you do, Whatever you do, always work. What's the word? Enthusiastically for the Lord. For you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. So work enthusiastically for the Lord and whatever you do is never done in vain, right? So here's what I love about this thought. It's not what you do that makes it meaningful. It's who you do it for. Yeah, amen. It's not the thing that makes the action meaningful. It's not, the, not whatever we're doing that makes it meaningful, but it's the intent of the heart for who you're serving. It's, it's not what you do that makes it meaningful, but it's who you do it for. So for example, I know we've got a lot of musicians at Destiny, several songwriters. Did any of you write songs uh, for your girl or for your guy just to hear what they would say? We have any songwriters that wrote a love song for their significant other this morning? Any? Any? No, they're not willing to admit it because you know I'm going to ask you to sing it if you have. <laughs> but as I've, so I, I did this. As I've gotten older and accumulated more kids, I've, I've kind of lost some momentum for songwriting, but it, it, it's kind of hard to find the time and space. But back in high school, you know, when I would have four to five hours of free time after school just to dink, tinker around on the keyboard, I turned out a ton of songs. And, and when I heard even just a hint of the fact that Deanna, my future wife, kind of liked the fact that I was a musician. Um, It compelled me to write more and better songs, right? It compelled me. And so, I mean, I I wrote rock operas. I mean, I wrote these long, intense, passion-filled songs, right? I mean, they they might not be rock operas, but they're long enough to be considered rock opera. 
hours. In fact, I remember there's, there's actually a video somewhere of this. I'm gonna have to dig it up sometime uh, in some format somewhere of Pastor Brent, our, one of our founding pastors. He's one of my good friends. Many of you know him. Pastor Brent Parker and I, <laughs> we were performing a rewritten cover of Don't Worry, Be Happy. And it was a 10 minute version of the song um, as an offertory for a Sunday morning service. <laughs> and somewhere in one of those verses was, uh, I had rewritten it to, to basically profess my love for Deanna. So I have no idea how I encouraged the pastor to let me sing that song on the Sunday morning service, but it happened. But the point is, do you feel the enthusiasm? Do you see that? Do you understand what I'm talking? It's not what you do, but it's who you do it for, right? So when you're doing whatever you do and you're doing it for Jesus, it can transform something mundane into something that's meaningful, and it has purpose. In fact, I, I've talked about um, being a security officer when I was a college student in Dallas. I did that for about four years um, when I was down there. And, and Deanna and I had both worked our way up um, to the top level of the company. Um, and it wasn't hard. There, there was just some training classes that nobody else in the company seemed to want to do. We did them, and then they had to kind of give us senior leadership. And so we were there. We, we were um, kind of being in, uh, influential kind of by accident in the company. Um, and uh, so I rewrote and reformatted uh, the, the security manual for Lone Star Gas Company. When I first arrived there, I trained all the new security officers that were coming on site. Deanna brought some much needed reform in the building that she was working at where some older uh, male guards didn't like working under a young female security officer and supervisor. And so we were, we were carrying the light of Jesus with us wherever we went as well. Um, I was in Bible college at the time and I worked at those buildings for 40 hours a week and had you know, several security incidents, several stories that I can tell from over those years, over those four years. And when you kind of unwittingly, you're just doing your job, become somebody's hero for stepping in and confronting, you know, some of the stuff and some tough situations. And then you see those people every day, you know, uh, over, over four years, there's some pretty good relationships that form after, day after day. And although I'm an introvert at my core, that's who I am. One, one thing that I have going for me in public spaces is is my smile. People knew me as a security officer with a great smile. And some employees, definitely, definitely not all of them, but some of them would, would say things to me about how my countenance brought them a little bit of you know, joy as they were coming in to, to work each day. And I, re I remember one in particular, I always said that I was a bright light and that, that, that brought me joy. Um, so here's the question, why is that? And how is that, that someone who does not naturally have the gift to light up a room can shine. It's Jesus, right? It's Jesus in us. It's Jesus in me. Jesus is the light of the world and now he's called me the light. It says in the, in the gospels, I'm someone who's been transformed, somebody that's been changed. And then I can go back into that scripture that we were reading earlier and say, thanks be to God who delivers us from sin and death. Whatever you do, whatever I do, I'm gonna do it enthusiastically unto the Lord and whatever I do will not be done in vain. <laughs> in Theos, in God, you can have spiritual enthusiasm if you're working a security guard shift in, you know, downtown Dallas, Texas. And on the flip side, the other part of the conversation, you can lose that enthusiasm. So um, here's the thing. I want to show you a person from the Old Testament. If you've been around the church, you would, uh, for a while, you would know the story of David. David was a shepherd boy who became king, and he was a kid who became king. And as a king, he was filled 
with Entheos um, as a king somewhere along the way. You know, he, he, he was passionate as a young man and, and somewhere along the way he lost it. And if you, if you know the story of David and Goliath, the, the Philistine army was, was at war with the Israelite army and they would often pick an, a representative to, to do battle. And then they would declare the winner based on those two. And so the Philippines, you know, had this massive giant. His name was Goliath. The Israelites had nobody that would stand up against this giant. And this little kid, our little shepherd boy, who was bringing snacks to his brothers, looked out with enthusiasm. And I, wanna, I want you to watch and just feel, some of you, you, you know the passage I'm going to read, his spiritual enthusiasm and confidence in God when he says to this Philistine giant, this is what he says, you come against me with a sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord God Almighty and the, our, all the armies of Israel whom you have defiled. And so this day, the Lord will deliver you into my hands and I will strike you down and cut off your head. And this very day, I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds and the wild animals and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. Mic drop, right? He gets done with that. It's like that right there is in theos. This right there is a picture not of human confidence, that's not what that was a picture of. This is raw, unparalleled spiritual enthusiasm born out of a time with God, right? He was somebody that would uh, sing songs to his God in the field. He had so time with God. There was some Godfidence that had right up, risen up with him, right? Some God confidence. The question is, the question this morning is, where does he get that? Where does he get that? Where did his spiritual enthusiasm come from when there was a whole army of warriors who didn't have what he had? Where did he get that ongoing, interdwelling spiritual enthusiasm and where do we get it? So three thoughts about where David's enthusiasm came from this morning. First of all, just very quickly, he, he trusted God daily. He walked with God daily and he worshiped God daily. So Key word there is daily. Daily he trusted God. Daily he walked with God. Daily he worshiped God. He trusted him. He trusted him. So let me ask you this question. How could he fight a giant? Because if you think about it, in previous days, he trusted God when he was taking care of the sheep and the bear attacked him. So he had been trusting God daily and God gave him strength to defeat the bear. And since he trusted God the day before for that battle, he could trust God today for the battle that was ahead, right? He had been trusting him daily. And so he trusted him daily. He enjoyed his presence and he walked with God daily. He was the one who said, one of my, one of my favorite passages in the scripture, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I lack nothing at all. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He restores my soul. He he leads me. He guides me. He comforts me. He's always with me. He guides me along the right path, even for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. So he walked with God. That was a part of his, that was his day. That was part of his daily process, right? And then he trusted God daily. He walked with God and he worshiped God. We, we, you might remember the story when the Ark of the Covenant came into his hometown where the presence of God dwelled. He went out and he was not fully, completely dressed. <laughs> and he went out into this, this massive personal uh, worship party. And so much so 
that his wife was embarrassed and made fun of him. But, but he just couldn't contain himself. Here's the thing. It wasn't just to click on a computer screen once a, once a week to watch church online. It wasn't even to drive across town, you know, to, to sit in a church service and sing some songs and worship once a week. It was a daily abiding in the presence of God that gave him this enthusiasm. He was in God, in theos. There's two seasons that we see in David's life. One is when he had enthusiasm and then when he lost it. So if you fast forward to a time when he was king, there's another story and the text starts off with this. It says, in a time when kings go off to war. In a time when kings go off to war and in the springtime, when he should have been in a, at a battle, David, King David actually stayed home. And when he wasn't where he was supposed to be, he climbed up on a roof and he saw something that he wasn't supposed to see. A woman who was bathing, right? And when he wasn't where he was supposed to be and wasn't doing what he was supposed to do, he saw something that he wasn't supposed to see. And after, as he did this something that, he did something that he never should have done. And the consequences that we see throughout scripture, it cost a lot of people something that should, they should have never ever lost. And it all started when he stopped spending time with God. It all started there. I wanna show you the contrast. I just, I just kind of put it into to bullet points just so we can see it. I wanna show you the difference in the story here. As a kid, with enthusiasm, David ran into the battle to serve with his God. Then later, as a king, with apathy, David walked on the roof to serve his comfort. You see the contrast there? How did a man who had so much spiritual enthusiasm as a kid lose it as a king? The answer is he simply took his eyes off his calling and he put it on his comfort. My question to us this morning is, which one represents us this morning? Which one best represents you? Are you full of entheos, you know, enthusiasm for the things of God? Whatever you do, it's not meaningless because it's not about the what, but it's about the who. Or do you find yourself kind of in a place where you're just kind of spiritually comfortable, kind of spiritually complacent? Which, which, what, which one represents you this morning? Are you charging into the spiritual battle knowing that the Lord your God is with you. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. You've got a divine calling today, today, daily, every day. You've got a divine calling. Every single day, daily. Or have you drifted into this place of, of, of spiritual complacency? My observation, just looking at this pastorally, is, is that most people, in my opinion, have likely fallen into one of these two extremes. It could be during this COVID season or outside of it. There's one very positive extreme of those who are continuing to walk with God daily. They trust in God daily. They depend on his presence daily. They're feeding on his word daily. And they're growing in intimacy and they're, they're walking in his calling and they're directed by his presence. And there's some very, very, real and powerful, very present in theos, in God, the enthusiasm of the Lord. And I see that. I see that in some of us. I see that working in some of us. On the other hand, there's another extreme and it's just, here's where it is. It's just based on human nature. It's, it's based on our flesh. And what I know about our flesh is that we don't, <laughs> we don't naturally drift towards discipline, right? We don't, we don't, even our bodies, you know, we don't drift naturally towards health. We, we don't drift towards good decisions. Our flesh drifts towards things like complacency. Our, it, it drifts towards apathy. It, it drifts towards self-centeredness. 
it drifts towards a self-centered attitude. And unfortunately, when people are now maybe even more disengaged because of circumstances, that can allow faith, it can give that space for faith to, to wane and we start drifting. And suddenly what happens when we disconnect from God is bad habits will start to set in and good disciplines begin to fade away. And rather than being filled with the presence of God in theos, having God with us, we're filled with things like fear. We're filled with things like doubt. And maybe it's what happens then is a loss of joy. And all of a sudden, where did my purpose go? What am I supposed to do? And what once was a vibrant and passionate calling from God has been replaced by comfort. What, what best represents you? That's the question this morning. Entheos, calling, purpose, passion, spiritual enthusiasm, or comfort and complacency. Here, can I just say it out loud? I'm gonna say it out loud. <laughs> that our Americanized Christianity is many times couched in comfort. We're very comfortable being comfortable. When you look at somebody like David, David had passionate faith. And then when he lost it, there's Nathan, the prophet who came and confronted him confronted him on his sinfulness, kind of confronted him on, on losing his way. And after the confrontation, David realized, you know, what's, what's been happening in his life. And he cried out to God. And this is, this is what he said in Psalm 51. He said, create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. So restore to me, Restore to me. What do you do when you lose what you had? You refill, right? You renew. You restore. You go back to doing what you did before. Just like Jesus told the believers in Ephesus in Revelation chapter 2, verses 4 and 5, he said, here's your problem. This is what he says. This is what I hold against you. He said, you have forsaken the love you had at first. You, you walked away. You let it go. You surrendered it. You have forsaken the love that you had at first. In other words, it's not even that you lost it. He's saying you left it. It's not something that you lost. You left it. And Jesus said, consider, this is Jesus talking. Consider how far you've fallen. Maybe that's just something we would just kind of let set in the room this morning. Consider, has there been some drift? Has there been some, has there been, you know, the, the, the intimacy that you once had, has it, has it, has it just kind of, have you walked away from it? Consider the power of God that you have available to you because his presence has never left you, amen? His presence, he's never left you. Consider how far you've gone. And then Jesus said very simply, this is what he says, just repent, which repent means what? It means turn around, change directions, change the way you think and do the things that you did at first. Do them again. What do you do? You, you walk with his presence daily. You trust his goodness daily. You worship him daily. It's not out of duty, but out of delight. Then out of your spirit, just like from the scriptures we read earlier, thanks be to God who delivered me from, from sin and death, restored in me the joy of my salvation. 
There are two types of people, right? We're talking about there are those who let their circumstances, whether it be COVID, whether it be fear, panic, anxiety, influence their posture, influence their heart, influence their spiritual temperature. And there are those who let their enthusiasm, not born out of some kind of self-confidence, but born out of the very presence of God, influence their environment and dictate the mood of those around them to build the faith of those that they're with. Come on, somebody. <laughs> and so he, he empowers us with spiritual enthusiasm. And there are those who don't just lose passion, but they leave it. So the question again is, which, where are we at? If you feel like you've lost it, I understand. Some people ask me, <laughs> you know, how do you, how do you keep your, your passion, Sean? Um, and, and, you know, the honest answer is, I don't. <laughs> listen, and, and I, 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 just listen. It is not natural. Like, hey, you're a pastor and like, you never have a bad day, right? You never have a bad day. You're, no, wrong. Sometimes it can be just the opposite. Just like you, I can feel like I'm under attack. My, my faith gets under attack. My mindset gets under attack. The enemy starts trying to lie to me. I mean, even my mood can get under attack. And Pastor Deanna would say, yes and amen. <laughs> She's typing it in the comments right now, <laughs> amen. Um, so what do you do? I go back to those moments, like when I was driving home on that one day and God filled me up and I think where I was and I think about who he is and I think about what he did and what he's doing in me. And then I can say, thanks be to God who delivered me from sin and death through Jesus Christ our Lord. And then I just go back to what I did at first. I spend time with him. I, I let his words strengthen my soul. And Why so downcast, oh my soul? And I let his words speak to me and tell me the truth. I let him shift my attitude and encourage me out of the disappointment and discouragement and build up my faith. So when all I see is fear, I worship him. Not for just what I see, but for who he is. And then whatever I do, even if I don't feel it, I try to work at it enthusiastically with all of my heart, not doing it for just some person, but because it's my God. And that transforms something mundane, whatever it is that I'm doing, into something meaningful. So whether you're doing something up front where everybody can see it, or you know, you're doing something in the fine print and not too many people see it, do it all for God, right? But maybe even more importantly, let me say it this way, do it from God. Because if we are, if we are doing, if, we, if, if we're looking at this this morning, it's in theos, God is in us. Because again, there's two types of people in the world. Those who let all the stuff on the outside determine what happens on their insides or those who let the work of Jesus, what he's doing inside of us, what he's doing inside of our hearts and our spirit, our very spirits impact the world around us. I don't know about you, but I just believe, I have enough faith this morning to believe that the light that is in me, it's not me, but the Jesus that is in me is just too bright to let it die. And so I really believe that at Destiny Four Square Church that we have a house that is full of people that are just gonna let God fill us up with that light and that glory to go out into a dark world and be a voice and be a light, amen? Let's stand as we close this morning. <laughs> So Father, today I just thank you for every person who's able to gather this morning that the joy of the Lord would be our strength. And God, for every person online and watching, wherever they're at, church at home, wherever we gather, God, may you infuse 
our homes with your presence today to build our faith. And God, we're, we're praying wherever we're at this morning, those who would say, maybe I've lost a little bit of my enthusiasm. Maybe I've lost a little bit of that entheos, that presence of God in my life. Lord, we're just saying this morning, um, if that's you, just raise your hands this morning, just as a way of surrender and say, God, fill me up again. It's not me, it's you. And Lord, when we fall in love again with who you are, I just believe it's the overflow of your never ending, all just all encompassing love that fills us up to pour out to a world around us. So God, you fill us with a passion. It's not something that we have to stir up, but it's you in us. So God, we grab a hold of that this morning. We wanna see things through your eyes. We wanna hear things um, through spiritual ears. We wanna hear your voice. We wanna be God-directed as we leave this building this morning. May we go in your name and in your purpose. Amen and amen. And just before we go this morning with every head bowed and every eye closed, maybe you're here this morning and you're saying, well, I've never had that passion. I've never had a relationship with Jesus. Or maybe you're here this morning and you're saying, well, I need that passion again. <laughs> I need a recharge. Well, you're in the right place this morning. We're gonna pray for you this morning. I believe Holy Spirit has brought you to this place or brought you online for this moment right now. If that's you, um, would you just, if, again, nobody looking around, this is a private moment um, with every head bowed and every eye closed. Just raise your hand. We wanna agree with you and pray with you this morning. Let's say this, Father God, all together, Father God, I give you my life, all of who I am. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for dying and giving your life for me to be my rescue. I surrender it all, my everything this morning. God, fill me up with all of who you are, your passion and your purpose. In your name I pray, amen and amen. Come on, let's celebrate this morning. Yeah.